Hello there, and thank you for downloading this Eye on Education podcast from the 25th of August. And it was the start of our new season, a pretty special day in preparation of us all going back to school in just over 48 hours. And while for most parents and pupils, the focus is, you know, getting new school uniform, checking you've got everything in your pencil case, working out the school timetable. For some parents, the headache is much bigger than that because head teachers are warning that Dubai classrooms are full and some parents can't get their children into the school they want. Now, that was one of our hot topics on the programme this morning. We were delighted to welcome Claire Turnbull, the principal of RGS Guildford Dubai, into the studio, alongside Charlotte Greaves, who is her deputy head of prep. But that's not the only topic uh, we wanted to ask them about. We also caught up with them about the possibility of teacher shortages, because, of course, as the schools expand, they need more teachers and there is a worldwide shortage. Our focus on those teacher shortages continued with Lisa Grace Wilson. She's got a great overview as editorial director for Teach Middle East magazine and schoolfinder.ae. We wanted to talk to her about recruitment, but also retention. And she brought us up to date on the problems that are faced uniquely here in the UAE. Meanwhile, Thomas Blakemore is a teacher superstar on TikTok. And he's been giving international teachers advice on what it's like to work here in the UAE. Producer Zina Zalamea caught up with him for our programme. And as we're in full back to school mode, we were delighted to welcome the team from the Mohammed bin Rashid Library into the studio. They've got a series of panels that they're running this weekend. So it was great to catch up with senior librarian Shatha Nasser. All of that, plus all the latest education headlines, everything from the new sophisticated school buses to traffic calming measures on the first day back. This is Eye on Education on the Agenda. With the Royal Grammar School Guildford Dubai, passionate about creating personalised learning experiences to nurture independent and future-ready young people. Hello there, good to have you with us and we are currently hosting, or just starting, uh, our special programme Eye on Education, which is sponsored by the Royal Grammar School Guildford Dubai. It is our chance to put the spotlight on all the top education stories making headlines each week. Uh, This week's a bit of a humdinger, I have to say, uh, because, of course, the children are going back to school. There's been loads of headlines about schools and buses and opening times and and goodness knows what else. Uh, So we've got lots to talk about on the show. It is our back to school special. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. You know, are you ready to feel prepared? Last night I was uh, sorting out the the timetables, printing them out, figuring out what days the children have to go into school, in school uniform, which days they go in in PE kit. It's always a massive argument in the morning if we don't have it totally nailed down. So I've done my sort of table, I've printed it out. Obviously, that will change when we have the extra school activities. I've been going through the pencil cases to work out, you know, whether they've got all they need, you know, whether they need a compass. Zina Zalamaya joins me in the studio. Uh, She has two children as well. Have you started your prep yet? Yeah, I don't think there's um, any prep needed except for the school uniform. So yeah. they're going to try them on to see whether they still fit and that's it. And for the shoes and everything, got that sorted. Yeah, so I've started buying school shoes at the end of the summer term, would you believe it? Sort of slightly guessing at how much their feet are going to grow. Because you get to now, I mean, this weekend, I wish you the best of luck if you're going out to buy a pair of school shoes. Yeah. you're A, you, you'll find a pair, but... 
But B, you're going to pay a massive amount, sadly, because all the cheap ones are gone, right? I get mine from... Am I allowed to say where I get mine from? I get them from M&S. I think you can say that, can't you? Yeah, I think a lot of parents do. Yeah, you can go to... They start right if you're happy to spend quite a lot of cash. They do that special measuring thing, which, by the way, I don't... I mean, I don't know about feet, but I don't think it's necessary. (laughs) You're not a feet expert. I'm not a foot expert, but I mean, (laughs) do the children's feet really need to be measured? I'm going to get an onslaught of people going, yes, my children's feet. We measured it on a printout from Next. Next online, printed it out, put the children's feet on it. My husband drew a little, you know, little foot on top of the foot. And from that, we could work out, you know, how wide their feet were and how long their feet were. Sensible. Yeah, you don't need to go to a shop for that nonsense. (laughs) You know, the internet's liberated us. You don't need shoe specialists now. We've got the internet. I quite like the experience of still going to a shop and, you know, seeing my son trying on different sizes of shoes and him picking a pair out so oh that's true that is a rite of passage no no that is a rite of passage you're right how, how old's your son now five yeah yeah it's still a big thing you wait till then seven no what are they mine now nine and ten you're like just Maybe. you're wear what you're given <laughs> <laughs> none of this oh would you like the buckles or not no just i've bought them wear them no discussions okay sorry i've gone way off track uh, let's bring us back to the headlines uh, because i know that you've been looking through the papers and, and figuring out what the top lines are and what people need to know about as they head back to school yes this is actually one of our top stories this week one of our major concerns when we're going back to school is the traffic um, but we've got good news because police say they'll be stepping up patrols on monday uh, and earlier this week in the capital uh, abu dhabi launched a campaign that targets the road's worst offenders so basically we they want them to behave on the roads on the first day of school that's on the 28th in exchange for a very interesting reward mm-hmm. so those with black points on their licenses who register on the ministry of interior website will get a chance to get their black points removed four black points removed if they behave on the road. So you've been bad before, but now here's your chance um, to redeem yourself, basically, on the first day of school. Good news. I mean... I'd be interested to know if it works, but I have to say I support the Ministry of Interior in their efforts to try and encourage people to drive more carefully on Monday. I, I think you could just... I mean, that's the carrot, isn't it? The stick is like, you drive drive carefully or we'll, we'll do you. <laughs> that's the <laughs> get other a one. fine, yeah. You're just going to get fined. But this doesn't target us because we're good drivers, Georgia. I, uh, yeah, except when I'm late. Oh, I'm a, no. I'm a horrible driver when I'm late. Horrible. Uh, so I, I would just say, you know, Monday morning, just, you know, accept it. You've got to get up early. Set the alarm earlier. Be ready. Get on the roads early. Be one of those smug parents. I'm going to yeah. be a smug. I tell you, I'm going to be so <laughs> smug on Monday. I'm going to be up at six, maybe earlier. I'm, I'm determined. I'm not. I, normally, I'm the, that panicky person. But Monday, I am going to be smug. I love that. I'm ready. I'm ready. No, but you know, Thomas Edelman from Road Safety UAE, he says that's the main reason people are getting into these accidents and committing violations. It's because they never leave on time. Yeah, it's true. It's totally true. I I fall firmly under that category. I'm new, I'm usually late, and it makes me cross and angry and a bad driver. There's no question about it. Mm, well, talking about time, oh, several yes. schools are introducing flex flexible opening hours. That's to help tackle a surge in traffic because hundreds of thousands of people 
start the new academic year. So last year, I think we had about 320 plus thousand students during the last academic year. We don't have the new figures yet, So, but because of the increase in population, we have thousands more. Yeah, it's bound to go up. We have asked the KHDA to come on the radio on Monday morning. They are obviously incredibly busy, so but fingers crossed we'll be able to get them on because I'd love to get all those new stats that they've got. And also, you know, how they've been prepping you know, to get us all ready to go back to school because there's a great deal of work that goes on behind the scenes, I True. presume. I mean, yeah. I don't know, but I presume. Um, so, yeah, good idea to have the flexible opening hours. How about... Oh, there's also reduced hours for parents, isn't there? Yeah. So it's basically the organizations um, having the initiative to say, hey, parents, I know the first day of school is very stressful for you. So we're giving you the option to work reduced hours. That's on Monday, the 28th of August. But this is only for employees of federal departments and ministries. And I'm sure a lot of, you know, private companies also offer flexibility yeah, I mean, I, I've got to be here on time, haven't I? Oh, yeah. But I mean, I'm... You've got to show at 10. I've got to show at 10. It's fine. <laughs> but it's anyway, fine. yeah, that's that allows them to take their children to and from school. And basically, the working day can be shortened by up to three hours under this flexible working policy that's been implemented by the Federal Authority for Government Human Resources. Again, this is just for employees for federal departments and ministries. But if you work for a private company and you're getting, you know, reduced working hours or, or any sort of flexibility on the first day of school, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, it sounds like, um, I mean, that is one of the things that the government entities here do. They are becoming a lot more family friendly ever since COVID-19 and the working from home habit started. You do get a sense that, yeah, there's a real willingness to make work, you know, to, to fit work around family time rather than maybe the other way around. Let's talk about school buses in Dubai, because I understand that new high-tech buses are going to be rolled out this academic year in Dubai. Yes, high-tech school buses in the city by Dubai Taxi Corporation. They now have a range of smart features, such as uh, surveillance cameras and systems. That's to ensure, of course, that no child is left on board at the end of a journey. Uh, and of course, to monitor each student's movement while in transit, because a lot of parents want to know where their kids are, you know, during the journey. And um, this is not the first time that school buses have been equipped with these, you know, smart systems. There are other school bus companies that have done it in the past. This is significant because Dubai Taxi Corporation have 25,000 pupils boarding their buses. Um, the buses also have an alert system that connects to a control center so they can monitor everything that's happening on the road, including drivers' behavior. Um, in the capital, of course, in Abu Dhabi, school buses have special cameras uh, that will spot drivers who don't stop when the stop sign on the school bus is displayed because that means uh, that's when pupils are hopping on and off the bus um, and they face fines of a thousand dirhams and 10 black points. I had not realized that you weren't allowed to go around them when they stopped. No, stop, stop behind them. Gosh, I hadn't realized that. I thought you could... Uh, Have you been going around them? Yeah, but that's in my compound. So, uh, but, but I mean, they're stopped. Like, I'm not running the children down. I'm going around the side that the children don't get off. Am I getting that wrong? Well, I guess there are no police patrols inside your compound, but it's a good idea to stop when when a child is hopping off the but bus. But they're not getting off on the side. So- but you, you know what I mean? They're not getting off the side that I'm going round. Anyway, sorry. I, I'm, I'm being really... Do you know, it's, well, you know, have one of those days where you're sort of disagreeing with people over everything. 
I think it's because of the bees. I'm sure you're being very safe. I'm being very safe. I promise. Like obviously, I, I care for the children in in my compound. We they, we know them all. Most of them seem to spend half their lives in my house. Okay, let's talk about GCSE results uh, because, of course, those came through on Thursday. I imagine they're just starting to sink in for some of the people, uh, some of the teenagers. Uh, that that you know that that era is over. You know, it's onwards and upwards now. You've got your results. Yes, and it's you know a time to celebrate for a lot of pupils here in the UAE. If you're a proud parent uh, or a student who aced your GCSE exams, we'd love to hear from you in 4001. But in the UK, of course, education authorities had warned pupils in Britain that they could get lower grades as marking uh, as the marking system was back to pre-pandemic levels. But apparently, of course, that's not something UAE pupils need to worry about. Private schools here are celebrating as students across UK curriculum um, schools got excellent scores. Uh, now, here's Nikash Pandit, who secured nine nines and one eight and is among the toppers from his school. I clocked in five to six hours of studies on days possible, along with my football trainings. Of course, studying this much along with playing football meant making sacrifices, such as being on my phone, spending time with my friends, as well as not playing as much football as required. Student. Good man, good man. Uh, you can come over to my house and talk to my kids, please. <laughs> Encourage them to behave. Uh, meanwhile, we've been finding out a little bit more about why kids here did so well, haven't we? Yes, we've been speaking to Madhav Juneja. He's the country manager for the college education consultancy Crimson here in the Emirates. And he said it didn't come as a surprise. Historically, we've seen that schools in the UAE tend to give higher predicted scores compared to, let's say, schools around. I think when you look at schools in the UK, the standard is for a student to go to a British curriculum school versus here. There is at some level a selection bias at play. Students who are typically enrolling in some of the top British schools here with the intention of going on and studying at Oxford, Cambridge, or the Ivy Leagues and so on, they're generally also, I think it's fair to say, more driven or, or more ambitious. And that also leads to higher scores. Yeah, we'll be hearing the full interview uh, with Madaf Juneja at about 12.45 today. Coming up next, though, uh, we're getting t- into some of those headlines in a little bit more detail. We're going to find out uh, just how full classrooms are in Dubai and whether or not it's leading to a shortage of teachers. All of that to come right here on the agenda on our special Eye of Education programme. Uh, it is our Back to School special. Uh, send in a few messages. I want to hear how you're going back to school preparation are going, whether you've got the uniform, whether you're feeling nervous, whether you just can't wait to get the kids back in the school gates. This is Eye on Education on the Agenda. With the Royal Grammar School Guildford Dubai, passionate about creating personalised learning experiences to nurture independent and future-ready young people. Hello there, welcome back to the Agenda. Welcome back to our special back-to-school edition of Eye on Education. Now, of course, Eye on Education took a little bit of a break over the summer, just like uh, most of the school children, uh, although some of them had to have extra tutoring, I imagine. But but for those of you who had a lovely summer break, uh, just like Eye on Education, you are now back to the grindstone, or at least we are entering the final days of the school holiday uh, because everyone is back on Monday here in the UAE. Intrigued to know how your preparations are going. Are you ready it's the uniform that's usually the sticking point. Have you got have you got everything you need? I still haven't. I've still got to go and buy the kids a couple of shirts. I just can't be bothered to drive all the way out to the school and get them and then come all the way back when I know that I'm going to have to do that every day next week. But then 
they need to go to school in a new shirt, really. So maybe that's what I'll be doing after the show today. Uh, but I've got the pencil cases sorted. I know what the school timetable is. I know what days they've got sport. So what days they have to go in the, in the school, you know, the sports uniform. So I'm getting a handle on it. But for some parents, the headache is going to be much bigger than whether they've got the new bus route figured out because head teachers are warning that Dubai classrooms are full. Some parents can't get their children into the school that they want. And that is despite several new schools opening over the summer. And families who are arriving new to the Emirate are facing a totally different picture to a few years ago where you could basically pick and choose. Joining me now to look into that topic, the impact it's having on class size and teacher recruitment, also to talk a bit about you know how they've been preparing to get us back to school, is Claire Turnbull, who's the principal of the Royal Grammar School Guildford, Dubai, and also Charlotte Greaves, who is their deputy head of prep. Ladies, great to have you join us on, High on, Ed- on Eye on Education. How are you? Really well, thank you, George. I hope you've had a fabulous summer. We are really excited and looking forward to the beginning of term. Yeah. Very excited. Very excited. Lovely to see you. Lovely to see you as well. Uh, Tell me, how do you prepare for the start of the new school year? What's been going on behind the scenes there? Have Have you been back for a week already? Is that the truth of it? So the teachers uh, have all been back for a week, yeah, and our new teachers to uh, the school um, had a bit of extra time to get really on board with the ethos. Classrooms are ready, um, all the inset preparation, training done, and you know there's a, it's that real anticipation now (laughs) today of, oh, thank goodness we can't wait for the children to join us on Monday. I can't wait for them to join you on Monday either. Um, I mean, they're not going to your school, uh, sadly. I mean, well, they're very happy in their school, but they're not going to your school. But but I think I speak for all parents now. Um, to, the, the school holiday is really long. <laughs> uh, I think everyone's enthusiastic to get them back inside the school gates. Now, we've heard that schools in Dubai are full. Is that the case for you guys? Yeah, it is. We've got very, very few uh, uh, places in a couple of year groups. But yeah, absolutely. We're full. Um, I think there has been a very exciting uh, input uh, and influx of parents um, uh, moving to Dubai. Um, We've been full, uh, like many schools, for a good couple of months, um, apart from in a couple of year groups. So if people do still need to approach schools, they should ask uh, because, of course, there's also movement with families needing to relocate out of Dubai over the summer. So situations do change. But yes, it's a very different place than it was two or three years ago. Yeah, I remember um, we, my school used to be quite sort of casual about when we paid the school fees. Sometimes you could get away with paying them like a couple of weeks after the term had started. None of that this year. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, no, we had to register about three months ago, pay some money to register a few months ago. Uh, and then, yes, yeah, certainly the, the school fee demands started around the 1st of August and got pretty intense a few days later uh, because there is a sense that, uh, you know, that, that they could fill the place. You know, if your children don't turn up, there's, there's people on the waiting list. And, and I think that is symptomatic of the fact that Dubai has got very full indeed. Of course, that is probably going to be felt on the roads on Monday morning. Uh, we're all a little bit, a bit worried about that. I mean, do you think that there are certain schools, certain curricula that are proving more popular? Or do you think that schools in Dubai are sort of busy across the board? 
you know what I'll say to this, don't you? That I think schools that are are uh, really great, um, outstanding, fantastic learning environments. Parents spot that, um, and of course they're oversubscribed, and of course there are people who are wanting to to join them. Um, is it fixed to a curricula? Uh, my personal feeling is no. Um, of course, there are popular curricula, but I think it's more about outstanding, really great schools. Parents in Dubai have a fantastic choice, but that choice they need to realise is now you've got to be you've got to be ahead of the curve. You've got to be time sensitive. Had a conversation with a parent, prospective parent yesterday who said, but I can't believe there isn't a space um, and listed a number of schools, us being one of them. And I said, I'm terribly sorry, but I'm sure other schools are doing the same things. We are not increasing our class sizes. We've made that commitment to parents. Um, it'd be easy to go or oh, let's squeeze another couple of in. But actually, uh, certainly at RGS, we've said we've been really clear with parents. Class sizes are staying at the, the where we've said they will be. Um, and we're not going to do that. Really interesting to hear that. Yes, those commitments being made. And of course, school fees in the UAE are among, I'm sure you won't mind me saying this, among the most expensive in the world. So as a consequence, one would expect those commitments uh, to be to be held. If you're paying uh, you know, a lot for your school fees and the school said that the class won't go over 24 or 28, whichever the number is, then you would expect them to stick with it. Now, it's time for us to go uh, over to the ARN News Centre for our news headlines. But I'm going to keep you both with us, if that's OK, because I'd really like to talk about the impact that Busy Schools has on teacher recruitment, for example, and also whether anything has changed this year to the curriculum, whether the KHDA, who is the, the knowledge and uh, d- the knowledge authority, the knowledge and development authority here in Dubai, whether they've brought in any new rules, all of that to come in the next few minutes. We are mid conversation with Claire Turnbull and Charlotte Greaves. This is Eye on Education on the agenda with the Royal Grammar School, Guildford, Dubai. Hello there, welcome back to the show. And we are in the midst of our special Eye on Education programme, which is our chance to take a look at all the top education headlines uh, that are crossing our desk. And it's fair to say uh, this week has been a busy one because, of course, we are back to school on Monday. Even if you are not a parent, you will notice uh, the fact that schools have gone back on Monday, uh, namely because the traffic will become dreadful again. Uh, Hopefully not too bad because several new roads have opened over the summer, but certainly uh, Um Umsakim Road, Umsakim Street and uh, Hesse Street will be epic during the school run uh, and uh, I mean advice is to obviously get up early try uh, try and get on that road before everybody else does but I know how difficult it is to get out the door uh, on a Monday morning. Now joining me to discuss uh, the back to school uh, sort of surge I'm joined by uh, Claire Turnbull and Charlotte Greaves who are both senior figures at Royal Grammar School Guildford Dubai. We've got several hot topics to discuss with them um, namely for the fact that uh, Dubai schools are if not oversubscribed certainly very busy this year and of course that is in part to the increase in population that we've seen over the last six months. Lovely to have you with us still, Claire and Charlotte, because I've got a hot uh, topic, a big question to ask you. Uh, Because we know that uh, there's a shortage of teachers worldwide. And with this, you know, this explosion of education in the UAE, we've had two massive schools at least opening over the summer. I'd like to know whether it's difficult to recruit teachers. And then, of course, the big question is, is teacher retention harder uh, for you guys? Lovely to get your views on that. 
So I'll jump in on that one again. We, we've, um, uh, so our numbers in September, August next week are as we, as we expected. Uh, we're just full in every uh, section. So we recruited all our, our teachers back in January and February. Um, and at that point, uh, I have to say we were very, very lucky. We had amazing caliber, great quantity of applicants, uh, from both here within Dubai, also internationally, and you probably won't be surprised, especially from those who spent uh, their summer back in the UK, some very enthusiastic people <laughs> wanting to come out of the UK, not only for our great weather, but for the amazing educational uh, platform and landscape that we have here in the UAE. So we haven't noticed a teacher shortage at all yet at RGSGD, but it is fair to say, I know some other people have, but we haven't noticed that yet. Teacher recruitment uh, and retention, um, we, uh, you know, we're, we're a young school, uh, so we're going into our third year. We've got a very high level of uh, teacher retention, um, and so um, that, that's a, a lot to do with how we look after our teachers. It's to do with uh, recruiting them with a philosophy for being here for a long haul, not a two-year stopgap and a move on, and it's giving them outstanding uh, continual professional development. Teachers are hungry to be really good at their profession. And that's one of the many areas that Charlotte takes the lead on. And, and the teachers are really grateful for that. So not typical, perhaps, but I do think most outstanding schools here have got great teacher recruitment and great teacher retention. So I don't think it's doom and gloom. We just need to look after our teachers well. It's an emotionally exhausting job if they're doing it right. Um, they are transformative people in the lives of uh, our, our young people. So they, they, they deserve for us all to really look after them. And uh, especially those parents who are desperately looking forward to, the, to Monday and handing them over. Well, just be grateful for those wonderful teachers you're handing them over to. Yeah, I, I mean, I know, Charlotte, you look after some of the, the younger teachers who, who come to work uh, in Dubai. And, and I have to say, some of the best teachers are the, the young ones who come out of college. They're fresh. They're excited. But then, of course, moving to Dubai, maybe far away from home or, or starting a, a career can be quite daunting. So is there that sense of creating a community for them in the school? Yeah, absolutely. Um just a reminder at um, RGS, we employ teachers that I've got no less than four years experience. So we really do look at the, the, the richness that they're going to bring to our community. And, you know, and that process doesn't just start this week with our induction. That process started once they were recruited and they'd signed their contract. We work very closely with them. If they've been in Dubai, we've invited them into the school several times. So that CPD, that professional development, you know, starts very, very early on. We had them dial in from, you know, internationally. It was fantastic. And, and just really making sure that our connections with them starts very, very early on and that that continues over the summer. And then the best part is when we meet them all at the airport. It's been fantastic um, and settling them in. 
and it's making sure we're connecting with them all of the time. It's really important that they're ready and they certainly are. They're certainly very excited. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing to imagine that going on in all the schools around the UAE. You know, new teachers flying in, obviously, at the same time as everyone coming back from their holidays. You'll have new pupils starting as well in September. Has has anything changed this year to the curriculum? Have, have the KHDA introduced any new rules? I just want you to cast your mind back to this time last year. We were going back to school wearing masks this time last year. So things have really changed. That mask mandate was still in force for at least a few more weeks. And, and it is amazing to think of how far we've come since then. Isn't it just? Uh, we were talking about this as a staff, or, you know, our staff uh, inset and all of those relationships building stuff that we were, Charlotte was talking about was so much harder with masks, wasn't it? You know, and we're now, what freedom we've got um, uh, to, to build those relationships up well. Um, for us, there have been no major changes um, uh, from uh, KHDA. We work very closely with them. Uh, uh, our curricula is all uh, deeply approved and, uh, uh, and they guide us on that. So we haven't had any major changes there. Obviously, when you look back year on year, it's it's exciting to see where where we're going. But nothing major uh, for for us as a school to change differently. So the pupils and the parents can just expect more of the same and the quality and the delivery of what we do. That is very good news indeed. I imagine it's a similar scenario for most of the schools across the Emirates. Uh, That sense of continuity, of course, will help everyone settle in that much faster. We are, as I said, hoping to get the KHDA on the programme, on the agenda on Monday morning. As you can imagine, they are very busy, though. So uh, we're we're queuing up to a certain extent to try and get one of the directors on the programme to sort of talk us through all of those preparations. But in the meantime, it's been a great pleasure uh, to speak to Claire Turnbull and Charlotte Reeves. Uh, they are principal and deputy head of prep for the Royal Grammar School, Guildford, Dubai, as we prepare to go back to school. This is Eye on Education on the Agenda. With the Royal Grammar School, Guildford, Dubai, passionate about creating personalised learning experiences to nurture independent and future-ready young people. Hello there. Good to have you with us here on Eye on Education. It is our special schools programme uh, that we do every Friday from 11 till 1pm on the Agenda. It's our chance to look at sort of all the education stories that are making headlines, basically. And there's a big one as we prepare to go back to school on Monday. Now, you might remember a few months ago, we reported that Dubai's population uh, increased by 100,000 from July last year to July this year. So that's 3.5 million to 3.6 million. And needless to say, that means more schools are needed to accommodate more pupils. Uh, Now, there are new schools being built, which is good news. Uh, Back in November, the Knowledge and Human Development Authority, or the KHDA, their data showed that there were 216 private schools in the city for the last academic year. They had over 300,000, so around 326,000 children enrolled last year. They saw growth last year of 4.5%. Now, we don't have the new figures yet for this year. We are chasing the KHDA to ask for them, but they are bound to be higher. So there's a knock-on effect of that, basically. Some, in some cases, it means bigger classrooms, uh, you know, more kids in the classrooms, maybe the same size, but more, more kids in them. 
The other problem potentially is a shortage of teachers uh, because obviously more enrolments mean a need to sort of actively recruit more teachers within the country, but also overseas. So we want to find out how successful that exercise has been, whether or not we have maybe a looming teacher shortage in the country, particularly in the private schools. To find out more about that, I'm joined now by analyst Lisa Grace Wilson. She's editorial director at both Teach Middle East and also schoolfinder.ae, a regular on Eye on Education because of her very useful insights. Lisa, good to have you with us. How was your summer? Ah, had a brilliant summer. Thanks for having me again, Georgia. Pleasure to have you on as a mother of boys. I feel like we have a, we're both mothers of boys. I feel we have an understanding because I find the school that is quite hard with the boys, I have to admit. I like them back in school doing exercise. I know it's it's been a, a marathon. We've, we've been trying to get our boys ready for back to school and it's like, oh, I wish we were talking about uniforms again, but no, we're, we're getting ready. <laughs> You're getting ready. That is good news. Okay, so tell me, are we seeing a teacher shortage um, from your, obviously you have a great overview of all the schools here in the UAE. Do you think people are, you know, do you think heads are struggling to recruit? Some heads are. So we run um, a WhatsApp community for teachers and on that community, we're putting postings for jobs and there are still jobs available. There are still lots of vacancies still um, not filled. But what happens is the cream rises to the top, doesn't it? So you find that your top tier schools might not have the same shortages as other schools um, because people really rush towards the schools that pay more, have better conditions, better benefits. And so you find that the shortage, yes, Although there are subjects that are short across the board, like physics and some of the modern languages, etc., there are schools that are struggling, right? The, you know, for all the subjects from English all the way through, and you find, unfortunately, that those are the schools that don't pay as well or maybe have the benefits. And so the teacher shortage is evident, but it's not every school. It's really interesting, a, a couple of points that you've raised just there. First of all, the, the suggestion that that teachers, that schools that just aren't paying enough or don't offer enough of those extras are finding it hard to recruit because you'd expect that they would realise that and, and change. Uh, is, is, is that due to an inability to offer more money because, for example, their fees aren't as high? So there is that. So there are two factors. There's one, the fact that some schools don't charge really high fees. And so they don't have the level of liquidity to be able to pay the the amounts of money that other schools can. Um, and that's understood. And then there are situations in which some schools are very big on making sure they make profits so that they don't have to give out as much in um, salaries as you know would be required. So there is that fine balance. But you know every school wants to do, I think, the best that they can. It's just that if you are not paying what some people are expecting, you're not going to get the best talent. Because if there's a shortage, remember, you will go where you are compensated best. One of the big uh, concerns that parents have is teacher retention. You know, you might have an amazing teacher one term only to discover that they've been poached by another school the next term. Does, does that go on quite a lot? Is it quite a, a dog-eat-dog world out there in, 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 in when it comes to teacher recruitment? It is. 
but it's not just within the UAE. You know, the poaching in international schools is across the globe. So you might have a great teacher in Dubai and you're looking forward to your child continuing with that teacher or maybe that teacher continuing the school and then that teacher now is in China or that teacher now is in Singapore or Hong Kong. So the international school landscape is one in which the competition is not just local, it's global. That is, I mean, that is a real eye-opener. But I imagine Dubai is very attractive, isn't it? We were just speaking to the team from the Royal Grammar School, Guildford, Dubai, and they said that what's great is that they'll put out an advert, uh, obviously internationally, and because, you know, and in many ways, Dubai is doing the job for them because it's considered such an attractive place to work. So that's the key, right? Dubai will attract you, but will Dubai retain you? Because you can come, And you can love the lifestyle for a year or maybe two, but then you realize, whoa, the cost of living here is quite high. I might not save as much here as I would if I were in Vietnam or if I were in a country maybe in Africa. And so, yeah, for a while, you're going to definitely come to Dubai. You're going to be attracted by the lifestyle and the glitz and the glam. But will it retain you for the long term? Will you be able to keep as much money in your pocket as an international school teacher as you would somewhere else? And that's where the problem is. Do the schools support teachers when they arrive? Like, do they all live in the same apartment block kind of thing? Do they, do they put them up as well? It depends on the school. So some schools have their own accommodation and they do accommodate um, the teachers nicely, nice apartments. Others may give them a allowance and they go out and find their own place. And other schools really surprisingly will just give you a salary and that's it. You're on your own for everything else. So really it's a mixed bag. Really interesting there to hear about how Schools are attracting and retaining or not attracting and retaining teachers right here in the UAE. Fascinating to hear how uh, Dubai has to compete, you know, that the schools here have to compete on a really international stage. Lisa Grace Wilson, as ever, fantastic to get you on the radio. Thank you for joining us here on Eye on Education. Lisa is the editorial director at Teach Middle East and Schoolfinder.ae. And I, I wish you all the best with your return back to school with your kids as well. This is Eye on Education on the Agenda. With the Royal Grammar School, Guildford, Dubai. Passionate about creating personalised learning experiences to nurture independent and future-ready young people. Welcome back to the show, 1222. Uh, We are in the midst of our Eye on Education programme and a big focus uh, at the moment for everyone going back to school is teachers. And that is because there is a shortage. There's a shortage worldwide of teachers. And obviously, with Dubai's population booming, there are certain schools in the UAE that are really struggling to fill their teacher spots. Uh, Now, one of the reasons why we're facing such a problem uh, with finding teachers, with teacher recruitment, is because there just aren't enough people entering the profession. And when they do enter the profession, there's an alarming number of them leaving on a regular basis because of the workload, because of the stress. Uh, And of course, we lost many of them during the pandemic. Now, uh, there is someone who's making their name, I suppose, making their fame on TikTok by giving advice to teachers. And Zina Zalamaya 
discovered him on one of her TikTok binges. <laughs> That's, That's the truth of it, isn't it? Yeah, basically every night from midnight to 4 a.m. <laughs> so I came across this guy called Thomas Blakemore on TikTok, and he's a primary school teacher and content creator here in Dubai. He actually has a YouTube channel. That's his primary you know, content platform where he does videos showing his life as a teacher and in Dubai. And he's been doing it for years now. Many teachers reach out to him with questions. And this is a clip from his YouTube video two years ago. He's talking about how much a teacher gets paid in the Emirate because that's one of the things he's always asked by teachers outside the UAE. Again, this was in 2020 on his YouTube channel. You'd generally be talking 9,000 dirhams to around 14,000 dirhams. Slightly better pay when you factor in the tax-free elements, but it generally marries up fairly well, especially with some of the improvements to the pay back in the UK. It's just that tax-free element that is a real winner. But it's also important to note that things are far more expensive here in Dubai too, such as food, uh, such as things to do, such as drinks and nights out and things like that. So keep that in mind too. So that's very sensible advice from Thomas. And now due to the popularity of his social media platforms, he created a handbook of sorts, a guide to teaching in the UAE because, you know, you're seeing a shortage here. But on the flip side, there are so many teachers outside the UAE that want to move here to the Emirates and pursue a teaching career. Yeah, you can imagine it would be quite daunting. It, you know, you, you've... You jump on the plane, you know, you're committing to something quite major. You know, you sign a contract. You often, I think, they they pay for your flight over. Uh, so beforehand, you, you know, you want to know what you're walking into. And if you don't know about Dubai, if you don't know about the UAE, you could think that the lifestyle was going to be very, very different to where you're from, for example. Whereas we all know it's very tolerant and very liberal. Other people might not understand that. Exactly. And, uh, you know, these teachers come from all over the world and their cultures are different. So Thomas' YouTube channel has really helped a lot of um, teachers who are thinking about moving here. And I wanted to find out all about uh, what he's been doing, especially about his guide to teaching in the UAE. So I had a chat with him over Zoom. And first, he told me about the start of his teaching career. I started teaching in the UK it was seven years ago now. I did two years teaching in the UK, just in quite a small school in comparison to Dubai standards. And during that time, I had a great time teaching in the UK, but I did wonder what the world had to offer, which is why I chose to move out to Dubai, because I believed that it had some of the best things available for me in terms of offerings. That was my, my journey. And then I've been teaching out here then for, for five years at the same school and, and haven't looked back since. I think you're one of the few who haven't really school hopped or shopped around for other schools. You do a lot of a day in the life of a teacher videos. What prompted you to share your life and your experiences as a teacher here in the UAE for the world to see? So when I started my creation journey, I actually started when I was teaching in the UK. And the whole idea of starting content was to give the children in my class something a little bit more positive to watch compared to some of the role models they were currently watching. Uh, and that then evolved when I moved to Dubai because people were quite interested in what that lifestyle looked like. Some of the kids that I taught were interested in what that looked like, but also other teachers too. So I started to share a little bit more about what teaching in Dubai looked like because People were intrigued by what that would look like, how that would compare some of the differences. 
and all those reasons. And I, it's just something, if I'm completely honest with you, that I enjoy. It gives me a nice little break from teaching. I can then sit down, I can geek out over the editing process. And it's just something that's quite enjoyable for me as a hobby too. You do look like you're having fun. And obviously you're a content creator now. So you're making a little bit of money out of that. How many followers do you have across um, all sorts of platforms like TikTok, YouTube, Instagram? So in total, it, it spans now changes regularly, but I'm approaching 150,000 followers at the moment, which is quite exciting. Very exciting indeed. Now, you came out with um, a teaching guide for people who want to teach in the UAE. It's quite comprehensive. Now, tell me about some of the topics you cover in the book that will help teachers in their journey. The guides came from the content that I was sharing online. Most of the content that you see that is within the books is within the YouTube videos that I create online for free. So it's all accessible online for free, whether it's through TikTok, YouTube. I've got loads of comprehensive videos that talk about pros and cons, some of the things that you need to do before moving, what to buy before you come out here, loads of different free content. But then people were still looking for those different bits of information, asking me questions about where to find those. So I just decided to compile all of the information which I've previously put into my YouTube videos into some sort of comprehensive guide that takes them through the A to B or A to Z, if you like, of how to first get a job. So that's one of the guides that's available, looking at what schools are like, what they expect in terms of qualifications, uh, what you need to do to get jobs, some of the CV tips, interview tips, so that teachers can get jobs out here. And then ultimately, once they've got those jobs, then the guide too supports with the process of moving to the UAE, all of the different things that you need to do before moving out here, and then also after you move out. So there's all sorts of different comprehensive bits and pieces that teachers don't really think about before they move out. But then they need to also think about different things when you, they move here too, such as you know setting up cars, SIM cards, homes, all those different bits and pieces, which can be quite overwhelming at first. I mean, that's very useful. I bet, you know, when I came here, no one really taught me how to do those things, just the life admin stuff that you normally wouldn't have to deal with in your home country. But life as a teacher, what are some of their most pressing concerns in the profession itself? So within the profession, some of the concerns would be time. Time can be a challenge in schools. Uh, despite the length of the school day, it's always challenged to keep on top of, of admin. There's different tasks that you have to do throughout the day. And then, of course, because the school days are so long, one of the biggest challenges that teachers find is it being quite tiring. You know, you get to the end of a school day that is quite long. You've been with children all day. You make a significant amount of decisions throughout the day and it can lead to mental fatigue. And that's just a, a challenge that I think teachers around the globe, not just in Dubai, do face. I mean, it's quite impressive that you still manage to create content around teaching. It's a full-on job. Now, would you say that most teachers who move to the UAE aren't really prepared for some of these challenges, whether it's the things they have to do to set up, like, for example, buy a car, set up their um, living situation, and, of course, the challenges that come in school? It's not necessarily that they're not 
prepared. I would say it's more the teachers are kind of excited, but potentially nervous at the same time. Schools generally do a fantastic job of the onboarding process and will send out lots of information about what to do when you move out, some of the things that they require from you, such as attested documents. Uh, but at the same time, there are those teachers who just want a little, little bit more information in terms of what you need to do, uh, some of the steps you need to take. And I think some teachers and people generally do just find having the information available to hand comprehensive and reassuring. That's Thomas Blakemore, who is a primary school teacher and content creator in Dubai, gaining popularity because of his teaching guide here in the UAE. It's absolutely fascinating to hear just how popular Dubai is as, as a per, as, you know as a potential destination for teachers to the extent that you know you've got someone actually creating a guide now we're going to hear a bit more from Thomas Blakemore in the next few minutes uh, he's going to be talking to us in part about why we see such high staff turnover here in the UAE this is eye on education on the agenda with the Royal Grammar School Guildford Dubai passionate about creating personalized learning experiences to nurture independent and future-ready young people. Hello there, welcome back to the show, 12.36. And I can, looking out of the window, I can see now that lots of people are heading out for Friday prayers. So if you've stopped your work for the week, I wish you the very best uh, weekend. Indeed, it's it's both hot and sandy out there at the moment. Uh, so stay safe on your walk to mosque. Uh, make sure you look out for traffic because it is a bit murky out there at the moment. In the meantime, right here on the agenda we are hosting our special education program it is eye on education we do it every friday from 11 a.m until 1 p.m and we've got a bit of a back to school special uh, today one of our big back to school topics is the fact that uh, because of dubai's growing population schools are expanding and therefore we are in some schools facing a bit of a teacher shortage uh, they are trying to you know schools are trying to hire more teachers but it isn't always proving very easy. Now, Zina Zalamay has been looking into this topic and actually has been speaking to a TikTok superstar on the subject. Not necessarily a, a topic that would ne- naturally lend itself to TikTok, but bizarrely, in this situation, it has. It's growing in popularity and his name is Thomas Blakemore. Uh, he runs a YouTube channel. He's a primary school teacher and content creator. And one of the things he talked about on YouTube is basically red flags for um, when you're applying for a teaching job in the UAE because keep in mind that many teachers who watch him are outside the Emirates and one of these red flags is the high staff turnover. Yeah, we have seen a great deal of that on the moment. Here is Zina's interview with Thomas. The number of students hasn't necessarily increased, but year on year, there is a range of different jobs that come up from that school. What this indicates is that they have a high staff turnover because people will come in, dislike the school and then want to quickly leave and then as a result the school then still needs to fill those positions so that shows a little bit of a challenging working environment that you do need to be aware of. So that is very uh, handy advice from Thomas Blakemore, who is a content creator and a teacher here in the UAE. He created a handbook. Um, It's basically a guide to teaching in the UAE. I've been looking at um, his website and it's about £12 to buy online. Um, So that's about 70 dirhams, isn't it? 70 dirhams. That's all you need to know from moving to getting a SIM card to what's the teaching environment like, etc. 
Oh, it's good stuff. It sounds very sensible. And it, and it sounds like it, it, it's a necessary resource because we do, you know, it is interesting to hear about that high, start, high staff turnover and possible reasons for it. Yes, exactly. And I, so this is the continuation of my chat with him. I asked him, what is your advice for those who want to pursue a teaching career in the UAE? The big word is, is research. And research can take form in many different ways. Like you said, you've you've watched Day in the Life of a Teacher videos. That is a simple form of research because you're getting to see behind the scenes of the length of the school day, what the schools look like, whether or not the schools would be potentially right for you, what the weekends might look like. And there are so many different educators online who share content uh, about teaching in the UAE and Dubai, of course. From there, you can then move on to online. So going from social media to online, looking at information that's available perhaps through websites. So my website is available, which is teachtraveltriumph.com. And I've got lots of different blogs and information that's available on there to support with how other teachers such as myself got jobs in Dubai. And then from there, you can research even further into different websites. But then, like I said before, there are those comprehensive guides that are available, because it can just streamline the process, which makes things useful too. And of course, our big topic for today is that thousands of teachers are moving into the UAE to get teaching jobs, mostly in, you know, British curriculum schools. Have you seen a surge in the number of um, teachers that are asking you for advice, or maybe downloading your ebook or your guide to teaching in the UAE? I've certainly seen a surge in questions about the UAE, uh, whether that's what it's like to teach out here, how how it is in terms of lifestyle. And people often make the question in terms of salary uh, remuneration and all of those different questions. I've noticed an influx and that comes in part due to the demand of, of teaching in the UAE because there's lots of individuals at the moment, lots of schools who want to send their children to British international schools. And because of that, those new schools that open require British teachers. So although there is an increase in demand due to other things that might happen in other parts of the world, which might make teaching in that location less desirable, it then opens up new opportunities uh, for teachers to come to Dubai to teach in those British international schools or other schools in general within the UAE. So yeah, there is a surge. So Thomas, you've talked about this a lot in your videos um, and you usually compare teaching in the UK to teaching in the UAE. How different is it being a teacher here than uh, back in your home country? Could you give us a few examples? Sure, yeah. So there's many different ways in which the, the UK is different to the UAE in terms of teaching. Firstly, the, the curriculum itself. Although most schools do cover the British curriculum, there is a huge emphasis on well-being, both for the children and of course the teachers too. And many schools at the moment are starting to adopt well-being curriculums that start to talk about how children can express their emotions, support themselves in terms of mental health, and that's critical. Uh, one of the key subjects which has come across over the last few years or so is one that's called MSCS, and that stands for Moral Social Cultural Studies. That one talks about how children can become better individuals to one another, how they can become kind, moral individuals, looking at social cultures. If you're looking at things like PE, in the UK, I know my school didn't have a swimming pool. So the fact that swimming is on the curriculum is, is quite exciting. And it's something that children do get to do quite frequently but facilities are fantastic i know my school like i said didn't have a swimming pool but it also didn't have a gym it also didn't have food technology rooms at least in the primary school 
Uh, it didn't have a science lab in the primary school and so many other facilities. So facilities accessible are fantastic within the UAE. Moving further afield in terms of lifestyle, of course, the heat makes a huge impact coming from the UK where weather is a bit of a roll of, roll of the dice. You're not really sure what the day is going to look like. It can be hard to plan lessons, but it can also be hard in terms of, of lifestyle, uh, especially when the winter comes in and you've got the, the very short days. But here in the UAE, you step outside, you drive out to work, you see a fantastic sunrise, a fantastic sunset. One thing that can be a challenge teaching in the UAE is the early get-ups. It's been five years now. I've not got used to that yet. But that's that's something that some people cope really well with. Uh, but it's, I think, a common topic of uh, challenge for many teachers within the UAE. I'm sure you've covered this in your videos. Sometimes you get homesick, especially if you come here on your own. So uh, we're going to end it here. What is your advice for new teachers moving into the UAE when they get lonely, when they get homesick or they encounter some problems? It's so important to... Be a bit of a yes man when you first come out here. Look at the opportunities that are presented to you, whether that's through school and friendship groups, and say yes. Say yes to most things until you meet your people, so to speak. Another thing that I would say is to join different communities. So actively look to join different communities, whether that is Facebook communities. I set up a, a little Facebook group that's growing quite rapidly. We've got about one and a half thousand members. I think it's UAE Teachers Summer 2023. Uh, and that's just for people to come and collaborate, meet new people who might be in their area uh, to meet other people who might have similar interests. And you can also obviously join there's so many different groups in the uae i'm always flabbergasted by what's available in terms of sports teams music musicals uh drama and all sorts of different walking there's everything basically available and you can typically find that on whether it's facebook um the one final thing i was going to say about was to also make sure that you don't worry too much uh, about missing home because you can always phone them make sure you're still staying in touch with home because that's that's really important too um yeah so I, I would say that one there thomas blakemore is a content creator and a primary school teacher giving advice to teachers who want to move to the uae yeah, he's our star teacher on TikTok. Who'd have thought uh, that you could make a career, but you've become famous indeed uh, on social media for being a teacher. Great to hear from him. Uh, great to hear about the sort of various, I suppose, the various sort of personality, the personality traits that you get, the various um, situations that you get here in the UAE that are unique to the teaching world. This is Eye on Education on the Agenda. With the Royal Grammar School, Guildford, Dubai. Right, welcome back to the show. Good to have you with us here on Ion Education. Now, as we prepare ourselves for the start of the new school year, uh, one organisation is really keen to help. Uh, and it's a, a, an organisation I've wanted to get on the radio for some time. It is the Mohammed bin Rashid Library. And now they're going to be hosting various workshops ahead of the first day of term. They've also got a really busy programme for the rest of the year. So let's find out more with senior librarian Shatha Nasser, who has joined me in the studio. Hello there. How are you? Are you well? Hi, I'm good. Thanks for having me. It's so good to have you with us. Now, tell me, how popular has the library been since you opened? Because it's been just over a year now, hasn't it? Yeah, actually, last month, we just had our one-year anniversary. Amazing. Have you had lots of visitors over that last year? Over last year, we've had over half a million visitors. 
of all ages, all segments of society, all nationalities. So I would say pretty popular. Yeah, that, I mean, that's amazing because, of course, it is completely open to the public. I think quite a lot of people don't realise that. They might think it's just for academics or it's uh, just for, I don't know, executives maybe. But, but, but it is open to everyone, isn't it? So it's open to everyone and we, uh, we actually have something for everyone as well. It's almost impossible to not find something uh, that interests you. From a children's library to um, a library specialized in periodicals to very uh, scientific-based libraries. So we've got something for everyone. Okay, so tell me, uh, there's workshops that you've got on at the moment and they're specifically sort of targeted at people who are going, you know, what children who are going back to school. How are they working? What what are they focusing on? So it's actually tomorrow, uh, Saturday, our back-to-school day. And we're going to have workshops from 12 p.m., from noon to 5 p.m., just workshops throughout. We're going to have different things, for example, one on culinary arts, so how to make, how to prepare healthy and light snacks for children. So that's a perfect workshop for kids, for parents, for even grandparents, the ones that help their kids, their grandkids get ready for school. We're going to have workshops on mental health and psychological preparedness. How do I prepare for school, open discussions, how not to be a bully. So things that I think are super relevant and not previously heard of. Yeah. And and so tell me, are these free to the public? How do you sign up for them? So all of our uh, workshops and discussions and things like that are all free, open to the public. Uh, To sign up, it's quite easy. You just go to our, through our social media channels. So MBRLAE, our Instagram, www.mbrl.ae, our website, and you just have to register or reserve a spot, all free. So I'm really interested that, you're, that you've opened the doors to children as well, because, of course, traditionally, if you think of, you know, some of the old libraries around the rest of the world, you know, children aren't really allowed into those, um, I suppose, because normally in libraries, it's quiet. <laughs> so what, what's the case? You know, is, is there something on offer in the library for children and families? Uh, so I'm actually the children's librarian. So our library has three slides in addition to 25,000 kids books. So it's not, it's a library, yes, but uh, we have tried to merge play and uh, play and learning, which makes it much more attractive to the kids. They actually, they want to be there. We have kids coming. We see the same faces every single day. You they, do? They, oh, that they've made it almost like a playground for themselves. Oh, we have a lot of regulars already. And, and it's a playground, but they have playtime and reading time. Um, we actually have a robot. His name is Pepper. <laughs> and he reads stories to the kids. And they ask him questions. They interact with him. We've got things like interactive screens. We've got uh, inter, um, educational tablets. And like are that. you allowed to take the books out or do you just like, like, can you have a subscription type model? Uh, yeah, we will be uh, just working on that currently, but that's definitely in the pipeline soon. Now, a huge amount of money has been invested in this library. You know, it is that extraordinary building that looks like an open book on, on the side of the creek, isn't it? It's actually a stand of a book, a Turkish lectern. Oh, is that what it's meant to be? Yeah. Oh my God, I've been I've been thinking that wrong all the I way think through. Everyone, everyone, has. <laughs> everyone does. Us included. There we go. We now have clarity on that. But I mean, is the sense that this this brand new, extraordinary building, this extraordinary library, is indicative of the importance that the UAE wants to place in reading? 
So I think it's all part of the cultural renaissance that the UAE is witnessing. Uh, over the past 10 years, there have been a lot of um, different uh, establishments like these being uh, being erected, being uh, focused on because of the just the the focus on on reading on knowledge for example the law of reading that yes. was established um and different initiatives like that so this is just one of the other one of the aspects of that uh, cultural renaissance i would say yeah it's all part of a of a wider picture really interesting uh, to have you join us on the radio thank you so much for taking the time i i, I think we'll be doing lots more interviews uh, with representatives with librarians from the mohammed bin rashid library in the in the coming months uh, but you've just been hearing the words of shatha nasa thank you so much for your time thanks for coming in thank you And that's all from the Eye on Education podcast for this week. Make sure you tune in every Friday from 11am to catch up on the latest education headlines.